right, it's Monday morning, and the curse is back. It's Curse of Politics with Jenny Byrne, Scott Reed, and our special guest, Nick Taylor Vasey. You know, we, we don't do this show on the weekend, but we probably should have because we did it virtually on uh, WhatsApp between the three of us all weekend long, so we might as well have gotten in front of our Zoom cameras and uh, done a show. I saw, so I saw a friend of mine who... Uh, who works, uh, who's a, a political consultant. And I saw her yesterday at uh, Melissa Lansman's campaign office. And she said to me, she goes, she woke up yesterday expecting to like have the podcast and like went on and kept like refreshing and thought maybe we did it later. And she was very disappointed. So we might want to like rethink the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> we were chittering like chipmunks among the three of us all weekend long. <laughs> Plenty to not like about the campaign so far. <laughs> Scott, you didn't wear that shirt not to talk about it. Give us a minute on your shirt. Or Tom seconds, T. Hall. Anyway. I'm Tom T. Hall, the storyteller, as they called him, passed away this weekend. And I love Tom T. Hall. Like, I-L-O-V-E-D, loved Tom T. Hall. His song, Homecoming, uh, fantastic. And Margie's at the Lincoln Street, uh, Lincoln Street Inn. Lincoln Park Inn. Margie's at the Lincoln Park Inn. Best cheating song ever. Best cheating song ever. And that's saying something because there's been a pile of good cheating <laughs> songs over the years. So, not only that, but David, I should also point out so that you can place a, a, a well-timed phone call later in the day. Uh, it is your godson, Will's birthday today. My son, my son number two turns 19 today. He'll be having a legal beer this evening with his older brother, Jack, and I. So wow. uh, there you go. Happy birthday, Will. He does not listen uh, to this happy pod. Birthday. He most definitely does not listen happy to this birthday. pod. Happy birthday, Will. And Jack, if you're listening, I'm not your godfather. I'm Will's godfather, so I'm wishing Will a happy birthday. Um, so, Nick, let's kick it off. You're home. Hey, Have you quit yeah. the campaign? What the hell are you doing? Look at that hotel room. Now, Scott's, <laughs> Scott's upset that he can't see a bed in the background. It's so uh, close. Exactly. The frame is perfect. There's so many things that are just outside this frame, but I made sure I got a bookshelf in because that felt like the thing to do on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so what's Politico saying happened this weekend? So I, I have something that I, I can't say it's, it's grinding my gears personally, but I know it's grinding the gears of a lot of people. And so through them, I am, my gears are ground. Um, uh, this is going back to Friday. So this is Justin Trudeau is, is in Saskatchewan very briefly, very briefly at the Regina airport. And he got out of uh, the airplane and he starts talking to his supporters and he made a joke about the weather. And I had just been in Saskatchewan for a couple of days and it doesn't take very long when you're in that province to know this is a rough, rough time for anybody who has a farm or, or a herd, crops, whatever. Uh, too late for some of those folks to save some of those things. And it was raining the day that Trudeau landed. And uh, uh, again, rain that came too late for a lot of people. And the prime minister got off the plane and he said, gotta love the Saskatchewan summers. And I mentioned this because today in the playbook, we have Andrew Shear, who's running again for uh, for another, another term in office. And I sat down with him in Regina and we were talking about stuff and he talked about farmers and uh, he was pretty pissed off by this, <laughs> uh, not just the quip, but the, 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 short time uh, that uh, that Trudeau was in town uh, or in that province. Um, and it just, I thought, you know, people say at West, Trudeau doesn't get me. Um, and this was not really something I think a lot of people noticed, um, but I but I watched that and I thought, oh yeah, look at that. That's an example because a lot of farmers really could have used the damn rain for, I don't know, one or three or six of the last 60 days. And uh, so we go into that bit in the playbook this morning 
that anybody can get at politico.com slash autoline. Excellent. All right, so Nick, we're going to, you're right, rain is no laughing matter in Saskatchewan, although it's coming a little late. Um, so uh, we're going to be talking about what's going to happen in this campaign over the, uh, over the coming week. So can you set us up with where people are at, what they're doing? Yeah, so today uh, Trudeau is starting the day in Halifax, and then he's going to go to St. John's by the end of the day. So it's a little bit of maybe defense, a little bit of maybe offense, because uh, the Liberals hold the Halifax seat. Uh, but there's a, a real chance that the Democrats, if they gain some strength, might take that back. Um, but at the same time, uh, the Liberals really, 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 really want Jack Harris's seat in St. John's back from the NDP. Popular guy, uh, left politics, they lost the seat, came back, he won his old seat back, and they're there today. Um, at the same time, Jagmeet Singh is playing a bit of a, a, a trick on Trudeau. He's in Papineau, uh, and he's spending the day in the, in the prime minister's riding. Um, he's even walking around business to business with, with Alexandre Bouleris, the Quebec MP, the NDP MP in Quebec. And, uh, uh, but they're not going to Bouleris's riding, which is right next door. I was right going to say, door. shouldn't, shouldn't Bouleris worry about his, worry about his own riding first? <laughs> this is part of this NDP strategy. They they have not yet gone to a seat that they hold, and so his seat's right next door. Maybe they think there's some residual gain. Well, but that's they're... a that's a that's a dumb strategy. But yeah, anyways, yeah. we can get yeah, into that later. Yeah, I leave that to you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell you where they're going. Um, God damn it, Nick! Don't lie to people. You are pulling these strings. <laughs> uh, also, Aaron O'Toole's in Ottawa. Uh, he's doing some stuff at his virtual studio, and Enemy Paul is just where you think she is. We, we, we're, not circle to, of hell. we're not supposed to talk. We, we don't say her name unless she's out of Toronto Center. Yeah, I didn't. I, I you know, I'm just the, the least I could possibly say. There you go. All right. Nick Taylor Vasey, NVT. Some people have NFTs. We've got an NVT um, and TV. So anyway, um, thanks for <laughs> so dropping close. by. So close. Something's so like close to a good joke. Too early. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fucked it up. Uh, see you, see you tomorrow, time. Nick. Bye, Nick. Hey, guys. David, give us the numbers. Give it to us straight, Doc. You want the numbers? I sure shit as shit want the numbers, yeah. You want the numbers. The numbers today are, and by the way, I should note that we're dealing with a four-day roll-up. Ecos has provided me with a four-day, not a okay. three-day roll-up. And I don't 100% know why so I'll explain, run that down. But I, explain, ex so, like, like, just explain that just quickly, David, what that is for people. Okay, so that means that the data we're looking at was collected Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday over the last four days. And it's 1,066 cases over those four days. And I presume that they're doing four-day roll-up instead of three to smooth out some of the anomalies you can get in tracking on a weekend um, polling. So the four-day roll-up is 33% liberal, 32% conservative, 17% NDP, four green, six People's Party, 6.3 to be exact, People's Party, and 6.9 Bloc Québécois. Okay. Okay. The the NDP, um, according to Frank's numbers, the NDP just have not become a beneficiary of a weak liberal campaign so far. No, in fact, they've probably dropped it. They've dropped a couple of points. They've I, dropped. There's been a lot of talk. Like, they've dropped like three. They've dropped three points from his last. Uh, the last time we got polls on Friday, it was yeah. it was at twenty, I think. So I just want to say this, which is that a lot of people on Twitter have been talking about weird uh, subsample groups. 
uh, in tracking and what they're seeing on regions or what they're seeing on demographics. And listen, the subgroups in tracking are really unreliable when you've got a small tracking sample like this, 750 cases to look at or even 1,000 cases to look at. None of your regional numbers are going to be accurate. Only your top line is going to be accurate. But I will say that out of 1,000 cases, you have 400 cases in Ontario, which is a significant enough sample to pay some attention to. And what that tells us is 39 conservative, 35 liberal. Wow. Um, well, then Whoa. that's really 15, 15 that's NDP. That's really changed from uh, that's really changed from last week. Well, that's really what makes this that's what makes this a much more dangerous data set than the Liberals ever saw in 2019, including after blackface, because Ontario was never close in 2019. Ontario never got close, much less behind. So this kind of data starts to put the plurality at risk. Not only puts the majority out of reach, but puts a plurality at risk well this is this is this is very this is very interesting it's a blessing and a curse for errands because uh this time last week when we were having conversations uh there was zero expectations on Aaron o'toole nobody thought that he was any like he had a chance at anything uh like take conservatives aside but for the most part the chattering class the people that we deal with didn't think he had a chance and that's completely flipped now so the expectations are on Aaron and that's not going to change is the expectations are here now and we we have what 29 days after today of of uh, campaign that is a lot of uh that is a lot of runway and so it it is it is it is good for momentum for for the conservatives but it's also like a bit like Okay, guys, there's there's there there's no shitting the bed on this one now. Yeah, I, I want to throw out one other thing. Uh, Nick in his playbook this morning has us all quoted about who lost the first week and who has the momentum going forward. And um, my response and stuff that I've been saying here and in media interviews and so forth. Um, I, I think I need to check what I've been saying. I, I, I think that I've been wrong about something, and and it's this, right? I've Sorry, making- what did you say? You were wrong. No. Well, about something, about one thing. I mean, obviously, not a about small, a small, a small thing. Nothing fundamental. No, 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 no. Not about my hair or uh, my love of music, but something small like the election outcome. Um, I've been, I've been saying for days that you know that the the liberal campaign is has has been a uh, a wet firecracker of a start and i think that's obviously true but i don't think i've been giving enough credit to o'toole it isn't just now, now i think particularly when you look at these ontario numbers it isn't just that the liberals have had a bad first 8 days or 7 days whatever you want to roll it up as but obviously O'Toole has to be doing something right. Like if he's at 39, that that doesn't mean that these numbers have stabilized in Ontario. It means that he is moving and he's on the march and it means that he must be picking up an enormous amount of ground uh, in the 905. So he's resonating with people in a way that's positive. And, you know, uh, it isn't as much, therefore, for the Liberals, it isn't just a, a, about... Um, let's uh, heal ourselves, but they've also got to halt him and they got to do it better than they did it on the weekend because yeah, I thought I, they were going to restock the fridge. And when they came back, I, I didn't like what they were serving up. Yeah. So if I can say I can, I, I, I like, I'm not trying to pump you guys tires and, uh, uh, but I have to say, fuck, these liberals do not have the game you guys had. Like I, you know, we ran t- two campaigns against each other. Uh, they were terrifying moments for us every morning because you guys 
where we're, you guys came out hard, you came out fast, you went after our candidates, you went after the leader, you went after, like, there was always something that it's kind of like what we talked about during the last election, where on debate day, I was waiting for something like, I remember you guys threw out in the 2006 uh, d- d- uh, launch of the debate, it was the uh, speech that Harper gave, where he talked, he was in the US, and he talked uh, about American values, you guys threw that, like, Boom, like it was out. And what I get with these guys, with the lib- with the current liberals is they think very highly of themselves because you can tell you can tell they think very highly of themselves and they actually don't have gay. Like they, they, they don't have like Street Fighters or from uh, a Marmara or Regina that are willing to actually like throw the punches. <laughs> As they say well, in the county, one thing that this- boy, he'd, he'd rather... That boy would rather fight than fuck. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot to well, be said for weekend, fucking, but. Uh... If this weekend taught me anything, if this weekend taught me anything, it's that I did not realize what an accomplishment winning leader of the opposition was. I should have celebrated 2006 more thoroughly. Um, yeah. Yeah, we done yeah. lost. Yeah. No, but you guys, but you guys, uh, you guys still fought. Like what we're seeing now is I actually thought in 2019, it was a strategy the liberals did. Like I thought this was the sunny ways strategy. And then Trudeau never got a sea legs back after blackface. Like it was, I, I figured it was like a strategy and then just what they had to like deal with. I realize now they actually just, they're taking everything for granted. Like they're so, so, so it's great for the conservatives. I was outdoor knocking for my friend, Melissa Lanceman. I'm wearing her t-shirt today. Um, I, and, uh, the doors were, the doors were good for the conservatives, like, and, and she's in a pretty good 905 riding, the only 905, one of the only 905 ridings we, we have, uh, we have kept over the last two, uh, uh, two elections. But if I was the liberals, I'd be very like worried about this. Like, uh, like they, they, they are woefully unprepared and I hate to like, like ramp expectations up for, for the conservatives, like needlessly. Cause I think, listen, Scott, I agree with you. I think Aaron has done well. I think their strategy of keeping him in Ottawa sucks. I think the fact they're back in the studio today is a mistake because he actually started to go up. He's, he proves to be best when he's actually out in among, well, as big a crowds as COVID can give us, but he's actually does, he did better the last part of last week than he did the front part of last week. And so if I was them, I would have him on the road the whole time. I would forget the studio fucking nonsense. So I, hey, I'm not going to be, I did a focus, wait, yeah. Scott, can I, uh, can I jump in? Yeah, I did a, fo- you're, I did you're a focus allowed to speak. On- you're allowed to speak, David. It's your podcast. Re- Re- thank you very much. So what did you do yesterday? I'm guessing for a lot of you, it was some combination of going to meetings, scrolling your feeds for election news, ordering food, shopping online, and uh, maybe listening to podcasts. All of that happened because of powerful digital connectivity, something that many of us living in the larger cities kind of take for granted. Our presenting sponsor, TELUS, doesn't take it for granted. It's a mission for them to make digital connectivity more powerful more reliable, and to bring that power to every rural, remote, and indigenous community in Canada. There's just no good reason people living in our smallest places shouldn't have the same access to high-speed internet and the advantages it brings as our most densely populated areas. So far, 450,000 households across Canada are wired into TELUS's world-leading pure fiber network. Since 2013, TELUS has invested more than $5 billion to connect 137 communities and 56 First Nations across BC, Alberta, and parts of Quebec to pure fiber. 
Another 410,000 rural households are connected to their high-speed wireless networks, and a total of 178 Indigenous communities and 430 Indigenous lands get high-speed internet through TELUS. It's life-changing stuff. The ability to work online, get medical care online, run a business online, learn online, even revitalize a language and preserve your cultural heritage online without having to pack up and move to the big city to do it. As good as that is, it's a work in progress. The continuing evolution of 5G technology means TELUS's high-speed signals will travel further and faster so they can cover more of this vast land. You can learn more about it at telus.com slash connectingcanada. I conducted a focus group on Sunday, um, and uh, I found it really interesting. So let me give you a quick top-line summary of what I think I heard in this group. Um, first thing is, is people are paying, like, really little attention to the election campaign. It's not at all captivating to them. And I'm talking about people that have agreed to come on a podcast and talk about the election campaign, and even they're not paying attention to the election campaign. By way of illustration, let me tell you, guess what was the most interesting thing that happened in politics in the last week? You won't guess it, but once I say it, you'll know, it'll immediately make sense to you. Most interesting thing that happened in politics last week was the fundraising appeal from the Ontario PCs that was labeled an invoice rather than a fundraising appeal. That was the bring, thing that broke through. They brought, so your, your, your group brought that up? Yes, that, yes, several people. That was the most breakthrough item of politics in Canada last week. So water cooler, right? It's a good jolt reminder. Yeah. So um, the election, as we've talked about, is clearly an affordability election, but I'm going to put a nuance on that. I'm hearing a lot of economic security in there as well. I'm hearing a lot of concerns about the economy going forward, worries about how we're going to, worried about how we're going to get back, and significant concerns about out-of-control spending. Not the spending that happened in the pandemic, but spending that might be occurring post-pandemic. Um, and a real awareness that the Prime Minister has not produced a plan for people. So people were aware that O'Toole had presented a full platform. Nobody could name one single thing in it, but they did know it existed. And it stood in contrast to the absence of any such plan offered by the Prime Minister to call his own election. Okay, now two side issues, one of which is pandemic politics. Really interesting. We all liked the conservative boxing ad. They didn't. And the I reason that they I didn't, wasn't sure what I liked it. I liked the issues. I wasn't sure I liked the. The reason they didn't like it is because they considered it unfair. And they also considered the opening of Jagmeet Singh's ad in which he says the liberals have done nothing over the past two years to be unfair. Because when they talk about the pandemic, people across the political spectrum say, listen, they were confronted with something wholly unprecedented. And they did a pretty good job of it as far as I'm concerned. I could quibble here and there. But on balance, I think they did a pretty good job, and I have no reason to believe anybody would have done a better job. And conservatives, if you force me to think about this, I will think that you would have spent less money during the pandemic, and that would have been bad. So it's really hard to attack the liberals on the pandemic. 
Ironically, for the same reason, it's hard to weaponize their performance during the pandemic because they're not seen to have done something special because they're liberals. They're seen to have done what the government of Canada ought to have done and any government of Canada would have done in that circumstance. And so people don't want to hear them attacked on it, nor do they really want to, nor are they really inclined to think that there's some hot shit because they did it. And so it's sort of a neutral at the end of the day in terms of what you think going forward. Last thing, conservatives, stay away from abortion. Holy Christ, it was so toxic in the group. Men, women, old, young, um, conservative, left-wing, all of them saying the same thing, which is, holy Christ, are we still talking about this? Why to God are we talking about this? So if you're that the liberals, the response. So, if, so David, if you're the liberals, you're, you want to you make sure that you're staying on this. Like, you're going after absolutely the, the conservative absolutely. candidates. You're doing all that stuff because Aaron proactively because right, the conservatives were seen to be the reason it was being talked about, and that is fucking bad. Well, because but that's but 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 we talked about this last week. Aaron brought it proactively, brought it up. Like he thought he was being clever. I think this was a mistake of the campaign. We'll see if it turns out to be like a deadly mistake of the campaign. But Aaron proactively brought up abortion. The liberals didn't even bring it up. Right. So I thought it was a mistake for the liberals. Um, so two things about all of that. Um, and I continue to think you've got to be, if you're the liberals, you have no choice but to do a one-two play on this thing. So you've got to be punching with the one hand uh, at O'Toole. And I don't know why they stopped punching on abortion and went for health care. Like, I think... They should have. I, I mean, to me, the only alternative to, to abortion would be to hit on vaccinated candidates, because I think that gets at, hey, you know what, people, you can't assume that every party will make the same choices in a pandemic or at the Delta takes us back into pandemic. You can't make that assumption. And that's fertile ground for them to get to at some point. But the liberals have to be careful not to not to force it uh, and not to appear to be they're trying to weaponize it or exploit it because people will blow the whistle on them on that. But I don't understand why they went and we, if. The video, manipulated video, Twitter label, whatever. I know people will cluck, cluck, cluck about that. So you've lost that day. The media are condemning. You can't get it through now. But I think there's something more fundamental, which I didn't think it was a very potent uh, attack. And I don't know why they didn't stay with abortion and keep hammering on that. Like, I don't know, route up a, an open letter from a group of physicians who say, hey, I don't want conscience rights. That's not how I regard this. The conservatives are making a big mistake here. Well, the Quebec, get the Quebec all to your point, that. Scott, the Quebec College of Physicians came out and, and said exactly that. Exactly. And so manufacture more of that stuff. I mean, like when we were on our ass, David, in, in 2004, and I don't agree with Jenny, we're not that much more brilliant than these guys. And and they've still got the best athlete hey. on the floor. OK, that's a big deal. They've got the best athlete on the on the floor with Trudeau. Yeah, but, but you guys were more of you guys were better. You guys were the you were the Mick in, in Rocky's corner more than they are. Like like every, the, if Rocky was a bit punch drunk and sat down, you guys were the. You were, you guys were like wiping his eye and telling him to like get fucking out there. They yeah, don't but have that's that. the that's the we fight. were meaner. That's we right. Were that's, meaner. They're colder. We were meaner. <laughs> that's that's the the rather fight than fuck problem, and and you know that's great, but it doesn't work every Saturday night. You know, uh, you might be on a bar stool next to a pretty woman, and maybe fighting isn't the right answer, Jackass Scott Reed. Um, so you know, if I'm if I'm running this liberal campaign. The thing that I'm lying up at night thinking about right now is the elections about affordability in the economy. That's not the election I came equipped to fight. Right. Uh, and I'm in the wrong fight right now. And so 
do I, A, get myself into the affordability economy fight frame and try to win on that? B, do I try to switch the frame over to my more care agenda stuff that I was running on? Or three, do I anticipate that ultimately this election is going to be about COVID because Delta will dominate the last two weeks of the campaign and start to position myself to win the last two weeks of the Delta election. That's what would, I would be thinking. Would the last two, would two and three not actually like, like, like you could put them together? Yes, you could. Like, I, I, Although, I think three yeah. is going to happen. I, I, and, you know, I don't, know if we all agree on that but i think that the delta is going to continue to increase we see the cases going up in every jurisdiction across the province and i think it's going to become more top of mind for people as we get closer to football election game day. canceled today by the way yeah so i just CF, think this upcoming good. cfl game canceled today so i, I but again i that's an off i don't I think you got to be really careful with the liberal campaign saying, well, I'm just going to cruise it where I am on this deadly bad trajectory and then wait for circumstances to prevent me to, to rebound. Um, you got to do something now to, to, to rally. And I, I, I continue to think they've got a problem in busting through because they still haven't, I, like, I called it the Lance of Oil thing on Friday. And I, I, I like uh, the number one beef I have with the liberal campaign the last few days, because I actually think, they were better on Thursday, and particularly Friday. I thought they had a good day. I thought they were sharper. They were hitting with the left hand and punching back with the right. They had a good announcement. They made it more coherent. And then they went down for a day on Saturday, and I thought, aha, they are going back to the laboratory. They're taking this thing back to code, and they're going to come out with a different argument on Sunday, and they didn't. So I, like, I, to me, they've still got to say, look, I, I muffed this thing last week. It really does matter that we're having an election now. There really are important things to decide. And I think you give people both, you lay the track in that thing saying, I want your permission to make decisions on affordability and I want your permission to make decisions on managing the pandemic. You set that up and then you power forward. But I, you're not getting through the media right now with this stupid video thing from Christian Freeland and uh, a week's off message. You're not getting through it. I think you've got to first lance the boil with the media and say, all right, all right. Okay, this is, I'm going to give you the goddamn answer you're looking for. This is why we're having an election. And I've been prime minister for six years. And goddamn it, this is why I want people's votes and rallying behind me. I think he's got to give that answer. He goes up and says, well, I've got another spending announcement to make today. And this is how it links to everything. And it's out of our budget from March. Well, he's, no. he's, back, he's back to being like, if, if we've talked about, like he was, he was, he was kind of like, he put on his big boy pants and he was acting like an adult for most of COVID. Like he, he actually was the first of the, uh, of the leaders to kind of see where people want it to transition out of the whole, uh, we're in this together bullshit. And like, actually be like, he was, he left the cottage. He was in the house of commons for question period. He was in the national press theater for his, uh, his media avails. And now he's back to this breathy, like his speech in, in, uh, in Saskatchewan and the, 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 like it was back to this breathy, like, Oh, like people are sick of that. You're not this, you're not, You're not paying any attention to that stuff anymore. Jenny, David Rosenberg used to work so hard to beat that out of his delivery, but it's back in full. No, it's back force. in full force. And I think it's a, a huge, huge mistake. It's, it's, it's whatever. Like I, I put out a tweet, uh, um, and I've gotten so much hate from from some liberal friends about I, I, a tweet about like uh, the bat signal for Jerry Butts needs to be going off because 
it, it just seems that like any bad habit he had, like is, is, is gone now. And, and, or he it's, it's back and it's a big mistake for the look. Like, I don't think we can under, I, I like my curse of politics, like what I, I'm going to do the curse kind of on the conservative side of thing and not really that bad. I don't think liberals can underestimate how one bad week is like they, they should be, they, they should be buoyed by the fact that there's, 30 days left there's 29 days left like it's we know that that's a lifetime in politics anything can fucking happen but a bad first week of a campaign like their entire campaign is thrown off and they don't like to go back to what i said about you guys they don't seem to have game they actually don't seem to be able to uh 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 to kind of get get to kind of get back in the game well, I'll just counter. I'll just counter thesis that slightly then, because I I do think one of the things that also happens that we've I'll all been subjected to, all all three of us. <laughs> no, nah, but like, I mean, if I was that shit hot, I wouldn't be on the sidelines reporting on the game. I'd still be in the fucking game. And 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 I just think your knees are gone. You know, you get that's right. My my knees, my back. Obviously, my chin was never any good. Your um, your Cam, your Cam Neely in his last year. Uh, I would I would kill to have ever been anything like Cam Neely. Uh, I I just think you have a bad week and you have a bad stretch of days and suddenly everyone is shit and you're shit. And I just think that's one of the things that happens, too. So I'm not prepared to proclaim that this that there's a crisis in the team and they're no good. And, you know, they've never been any good. I, I think these guys, they've got the best athlete, they've actually got the best brand, and they've got a set of issues that should work for them. I just think they need to marshal it differently. And so I think they've got all the ingredients in the world to put, sort of pull this together. Um, and I think you got to, I, I mean, it's a pretty obvious thing. You got to give better answers and a more coherent message that connects with people. And you've got the best guy to do it. Get the breathiness out. Talk a little bit more directly. Um, you know, when Trudeau has really been down the well and in deep trouble, he's always been able to summon that connection with people. And I think you're in a down the well moment. So go get a, get him around a table. Say, we got to change this thing. This is how we're going to do it and go. Um, I, I, I am puzzled that they went down on the weekend and came back with what they came back with yesterday. It was an insufficient response to a dreadful first week. Agreed. Well, this is Dan Arnold's moment, by the way, this is where Dan has to earn his money because this is the gravest situation he's faced. And as their data guy, he's got to figure, he's got to help them figure a path out of this. He's got to find, he's got to help them find the route back. Since Confederation, owning a home has been part of the Canadian dream. For most people, that dream is much more than just a monthly mortgage payment. A home is where we create our fondest memories and where we can truly be ourselves. For too many, especially young adults, that reality is out of reach and it's getting worse. The good news is our original sponsor, the Ontario Real Estate Association, or RIA for short, has a plan to save the Canadian dream of home ownership. It includes lowering costs for first-time buyers, ending money laundering in the real estate market, and cutting years of red tape that is standing in the way of more affordable homes for families. The ARIA plan will lay the foundation for a future where all people can find a place to call home. When we support the dreams of all of us who want to own a home, we're building healthier families, stronger communities, and a safer, more secure future for all. Read their plan at ARIA.com backslash affordable homes. You know what? We could go on, obviously, for hours and hours, but we can't. So let's do our curse of the day and come back to all this tomorrow morning. Who wants to go first? 
I'll go first. My, my curse is not really a curse. My curse is, we talked about this earlier in the pod. Uh, my kind of curse is to, uh, to the conservative campaign. Uh, t- two things. You had a good week, mostly because the liberals had a bad week. So don't like, so don't get so, do not let, do not get in your head that you guys won the week. You guys just didn't lose it. The, the liberals did. And so um, I would also say that going back to what we said, I would have Aaron on the road. His, the first part of the, the first part of the week was, uh, uh, wasn't as good for the conservatives. He was better when he was on the road. So if I'm the, if I'm the war room, if I'm making the decision, um, I'm saying that, okay, we've got this nice fancy studio for like, rain games. But uh, at the end of the day, I actually want him out because he's actually proven to be pretty good. Like the, 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 the first week of the campaign, the best days were, were, were him out and about. All right. I'll let Scott bat clean up. <clears throat> My curse goes out to the liberal war room. And it is to say, among the other things you have to do, fire up your research on the implications of a 10 year path to balance. What will that mean in terms of spending and what cuts will have to be made? Because you're ultimately going to have to refute that argument. It is uh, becoming aware to Canadians that O'Toole at least is nodding toward getting finances back under control, and we are not. And so, therefore, that's an argument that has to be joined. Scott? Uh, my curse, uh, just because I've been so hard on the Liberals, I'm going to switch tracks. I'm going to go with the NDP. I think the NDP are doing something really puzzling. We talked earlier about how their, what I thought was a relatively strong first week has not manifested itself in momentum in the polls. And at the end of that first week where you're saying, all right, we've got a liberal campaign that is underperforming. This is our moment. What have they chosen to do? One, they pissed yesterday away with a self-indulgent announcement in Toronto about how we want to rename a riding after Jack Layton. Sorry, I don't know. Maybe the 11% of hardcore New Democrats who really strongly care or agree with that are there. I would think even among New Democrats after the statute debate we've had have misgivings about naming stuff after uh, politicians. But anyway, a complete waste of the day. And then today, as we say, he's in Papineau. He's in Trudeau's riding. He's saying, it's a stunt. It's just a gimmick of a day. So you're taking two valuable days at the end of a week where your main opponent is listing and reeling and you're blowing them. You're just pissing them into the wind. That makes no sense. So my curse of the day is to the NDP. You've been good. You got to get better. You can't afford to waste days when you're looking to pick up momentum. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. On that note, thank you, everybody. Check out the full focus group I did this weekend on Through the Looking Glass out later today. I want to thank, obviously, Scott and Jenny for being with us again this morning. I want to thank all of you for listening or watching. I want to thank our presenting sponsor, TELUS, and uh, Aurea, the Ontario Real Estate Association, for sponsoring this broadcast. And we will see you all tomorrow morning, bright and early. Take care. Bye.